Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Josh is here uh, to talk a little bit about keeping your lawn and your really your landscaping looking good. You guys do more than just like mow grass and stuff, right? Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. You're uh, right on that. I, I w- uh, just a quick note: this thing with Shack is absolutely fantastic. I, I, at least a dozen times, it's it's incredible. Um, what what we're doing is we don't we don't actually mow a lot of yards anymore. Um, commercial properties that we're doing, for the most part, that we're doing, we've kind of moved into just the landscaping portion, um, flower bed installs, drains, irrigation. Um, culverts. Uh, we're actually building decks now. We're doing some synthetic turfs and putting greens, which is, you know, I've com- partnered with a real cool company. And uh, that is fun, super fun for me because I can design them. Yeah. Design the whole, I, I built my son a hole in the backyard. So it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's, mm. it's nice. You know, some of the greens are receptive to, you know, 40 or 50 yard pitch shot or something wow. like that. Okay. If you have the space and if you don't, and you just want to put a you know, 15 or 18 by 20 foot putting green in the back. We got one going in in a couple of weeks. Um, then we can do that too. What's it's the, pretty incredible. Give me a per square footage ballpark on that. Uh, it, it depends on the, the, there's a lot of factors, but it, if you just wanted to ballpark something, you can ballpark it between 10 and probably 16 or 17 on the high end. And that's on the way high end. If it's real difficult to get materials in there, gotcha. like if it's a wheelbarrow situation and we got to bring in, you know, 50 tons of, of screenings or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, but it's real cool to see it come together. Awesome. Uh, we did a nice project down in Benton for the Saline County Library uh, for the you know, handicap accessible kids and stuff like that. So it's real cool to, 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 to add that to the you know list of things we do. Yeah. How did you make the transition? We've never really talked about this. When did you go? You know, I've seen so much great landscaping over the years walking these beautiful golf courses. I think I'll just get into it and take care of it myself. I, it was actually pretty easy for me in that sense. I was caddying for, uh, I was actually caddying for Brian Gay, 17 or 18, I'm not even really sure. And then I, Brian is the type of, he, he's the type of player you want to be partnered with because he never quits. If he's 10 over, he's still grinding on the last hole, and that's the kind of fight you want in your dog, right? So I knew if I didn't quit him, I was still going to be caddying, and I kind of had it in my mind that I'd already set up the company, and I kind of had it in my mind that I was ready to get out of there, and uh, so I quit Brian. I went to work for a guy named Matt Every, who is uh, the complete polar opposite of Brian Gay. He'll hit a bad shot on the third hole, and off we go. And I don't mean off like off the rails. I mean we're going home. And uh, we did that the first probably three events I caddied for him, and I thought to myself, self, this may not be the avenue you want to be in. And I think I made it maybe eight or 10, 11 tournaments. Um, uh, and I was on my way to the players, and I he called me and he's like, hey, man, I think I'm going to make a change. And I said, perfect. Good luck. <laughs> Just like it didn't even – I never even – it never phased me. And I turned Since around. then, he's won the Masters four times. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. No, he, he actually had – you know, I will take – take all the credit I can for what I did for him in hooking him back up with his old coach. And uh, I think he made like uh, 1.2, 1.4 million, you know, over the next probably 18 months. And uh, which is, he hadn't, he didn't make a cut. He missed 40 something cuts in a row. Uh, So, I mean, you know, he wasn't making any money. He's got plenty of money. I mean, um, but he, he couldn't make a cut. He couldn't, couldn't finish a tournament. And then I, I basically forced Scott Hamilton, who's one of the top coaches out there, to look at a video of Matt Swing that I had on my phone, 
And then I cornered Scott on the range at Bay Hill. And I uh, kid you not, that week Matt made his first cut in, in like two and a half years. Mm. And Scott stayed with him for about another year, and he made whatever he made, one point something by me. So I was, I was real proud of that. And um, But I knew then it was time for me to go. And when I came home, my wife said, well, why don't you just get a job somewhere and see what you can do? And I had a job for about about, about seven months. And I'm going to tell you, man, I ain't real great on having bosses. I'm not really that guy. And uh, so I just – I told those folks I appreciate the opportunity. I'm going to go ahead and just do this on my own. I had a Ford Explorer and a push lawnmower, man, and now we're rolling. So yeah. it's just, How many uh, crews do you have? Well, so so essentially two. Yeah. Um, I have one guy, Daniel Beck, who's young. He's 18. He goes with me every day. He's outside right now, as a matter of fact. Um, he goes with me every day, basically all day. And then we have um, – uh, Jeremiah and the guys are the, the outside deck builders, framers, that type of stuff. And then the company uh, Noah Reeves owns is our turf. And he used to, he worked for me for a minute and then wanted to make sure he could do his own thing. He does all our fertilizing and spraying and stuff. Gotcha. So if, if, if there's a property that needs that, then, you know, Noah's the guy. I mean, the guy's great at what he does, and, and um, I've never had a problem. So We were talking about the players earlier, and you just brought it up, so I wanted to ask you about uh, Sawgrass and sort of the upside-downside. I mean, to me, it's the most one of the most fun tournaments to watch, and it's also one that I think most fans look forward to just because it's a lot of it's the Island Green, obviously, but 18's no picnic either, I'm sure. Right. So to me, the finishes are set up to be really dramatic, and so it's really a ton of fun. What, what do you like and not like so much about that tournament? So – I was talking to somebody the other day about it, and for me, it was I always enjoyed caddying for a guy that played a draw, right-handed player playing a draw, because that whole golf course is set up for a hook. And if you can hook it, and you can play players, it doesn't matter how bad you've been struggling or anything like that. If you can turn it over from right to left, you can play there. You know, the bad part about it is if a slight miss there, you might make a bogey, and then one bogey is going to turn into two, and and it's I mean, you might shoot eighty and feel like you shot sixty-nine, and it's just not the same. Um, so I, I enjoyed that part of it, but the, 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 the biggest point and make no bones about it. They never tell you on TV. That's the biggest draw of any golf tournament in the world now is money. $20 million this year to players. I mean, that's mm-hmm. absolutely in, insanity. Yeah. It's insanity. What's the worst, uh, experience you've ever seen somebody have on 17 in, with your own eyes? Oh, I've seen, uh, let's see. Um, oh, with my own eyes. Uh, I'm going to say probably Chesson Hadley. I'm not really throwing him under the bus, but kind of throwing him under the bus. Well, everybody's had their moments there. He, you know, to, to, when, when they moved the tees up and they put the front pin there, it's like 108 yards, dude. It's a sand wedge. You can't, I mean, I, I, I personally have never missed the green, ever. And I've played there enough to know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, dude misses the green so far to the left, it almost hit dry land over there with a <laughs> sand wedge. And he's like, we're walking up to the ball drop, and I'm going, Chesson, we can't go up here and drop. This is insanity. we got to hit it from back here. You go up there and drop. It's like fifty-five yards to no green, across. You know, the, you're you're landing downslope. It's just a, it's a whole mess. I said, please drop back here. And he says, what do you want me to do? Hook another sandwich into the wind? I said, I didn't want you to do that first one. <laughs> I, I, I said, but now here we are on Sunday. It's just a Sunday now. We oh, were man. in. I mean, you can look at it. It was in 16, 15, 16, whatever year it was. We were in about eighth place. Uh. And uh, so we dub 17 and go right to 18. Quick hook off the tee. Uh-huh. Dub. T-20. T- <laughs> and here I go just to you know, get my rental car, and I'm trying not to destroy it because I don't want to pay it. How much money was there difference between 8 and 20? 400 grand. Okay. That's, yeah. that's a pretty good chunk. So for me, you know, 
I mean, at the time, I could have told you to the penny, but now it's, you know, you're 20, 20 something thousand probably. Yeah. That's uh, more than a year of house payments. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, you know, and that was at a time where we weren't really, we weren't really rolling. Yeah. Were you there the year that they, Ken Duke had his great round? They say may may have been the greatest round of golf ever. Uh, he shot like a sixty three or sixty four, and the average score that day was seventy three, seventy four. Oh. The greens got all baked out. The wind started blowing, and it, it just went nuts. And he got the putter hot. And there was a, there's a great Golf Channel story about it, and, they, and some call it the greatest round ever played. I, if he shot sixty three on that golf course, the way he hits it. I think that, um, yes, that probably was the greatest round ever played. And I caddied plays... for Ken, so I know that. I mean, I caddied for him, you know, no less than two dozen tournaments. Because he went to a fade about a dozen years ago. Yeah, and he hits it about as high as you are tall, mm-hmm. and which is not great, folks. Yeah. So the, um, it's not tall, I know that. Yeah, so he – and he plays left to right. I mean, it, it's hard to play that course left to right, man. It's just a tough course. It so. changed his career for the better, but you're right. Maybe not for that course. It doesn't yeah. sound like it's great. No, I, I don't know. If, if you told me the year, I could. 2016, he shot oh, a 65 during the third round. I was there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, we probably played all. Go to TPC. Do you have to put in extra golf balls in the bag? Do you know? Do you have that? They Listen. The, the, what do you uh, start with? Those guys are, oh, well, I mean, I've seen guys start with a sleeve, one, three balls, and that's it. They say, if we're not playing good enough to keep three balls in the bag, then we're, we're, we're out of here. And I'm like, Psh, all right. Text my wife. Get me on to 1230. We're gone. I mean, you know what's coming. But then most guys start with um, at least a dozen. I mean, they're not. Look, these guys are spoiled rotten. I mean, they're spoiled rotten. If it's free, give me three type of thing. So sure. they got four, five, six dozen a week. But you can change balls – does a ball have to be damaged for you to swap balls out? Not, you not in between holes. Okay. So, so like, I caddied for um, a guy that played with the same ball. If we were running good, he played with the same ball all day. This thing will look square when you got done. and <laughs> It don't matter. He's rolling in 20-footers. I'm like, get that ball, Billy, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then you got guys that change every two holes. doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've seen pros play with a hole-in-one ball on the next hole. They're like, this ball's perfect. I'm just made a hole in one. I'm going to tee off with it, hook it in the water, and go, man. <laughs> you know, just, just you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that, that, oh. that these guys do. It's just it's chaos. Is it? I mean, look, I'm astounded by the human mind. It is such a huge asset and such a huge detriment to all of us. Mm. Mm. You've seen some of the best and worst, probably, of mental toughness and breakdowns in professional golf. I mean, that is like the best Petri dish for mental, I mean, capacity, really, in, oh, in sure. both good and bad. For sure. Um, we, we have a um, – <laughs> our Wednesday night church, church series right now is a, is a, is a thing It's uh, a thing on demons. And uh, I told the pastor running, and I said, listen, man, if you ever need anything that ties kind of into sports, I said, listen, I, I can tell you some stories about some demons that have crept into some heads. Yeah. And, I mean, I've just watched guys crumble, and I mean crumble. I'm talking the best players in the world standing in a fairway with tears in their eyes going, I don't know if I can get this back. I don't know where my swing is. I mean, just – I mean, look at DeChambeau when they give him grief for going nuts on a driving range because he's lost his patience. I mean, that's just a little bitty blurb of what is really happening. Like, these guys are having breakdowns. I mean, it's it's something. The mind is wild. But then when you get rolling or you get past that point where it's not like a hindrance, you always use it to help you be better – then you, you're so much further than the rest of them. It's, it, that's, a, that's how Tiger just beat everybody's brains in. He's so much stronger mentally than, than anybody that's ever walked green grass. is wild. How do you explain Dustin Johnson then? 
Well, so Dustin is a bit of an anomaly in the sense that he is an absolute freak athlete. So Dustin and Bubba Watson are probably the two best athletes that have ever picked up clubs. They're way better than Tiger Woods talent-wise, way better than Tiger talent-wise, but he blows them away mentally. Bubba doesn't practice. He doesn't hit range balls. He does not ever go to the range except before the round, and he'll go for maybe, I'm going to say, five to 20 minutes, right? And he hits a few balls, whatever. He can hit it higher, lower, curve it. I mean, I've seen that, that dude hit shots. Wild. And then Dustin, first time I met him was at, at one of the tour schools way back. He is just a, a freak, Wes. I mean, he is so good and talented. It doesn't really matter what he's doing. He's talented at that. And if you can completely turn your brain off, that's almost like that's teetering on the edge of being really, really mind smart, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. His is off 24-7. It has never been on. It's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's you, wild. You can't overthink it if you're not thinking, period. 100% accurate. That's smart. Yep. What about what are your thoughts on Saudi and uh, the, the golf league over there? Was it, I mean, th- you know, I don't talk to a lot of the pros anymore. There's a few of them that I talk to still on a regular basis, but but for the most part, I don't, and I so I don't really know. But, you know, having a whatever I had, 20-year career out there, I mean – you need to know that the pros stick with the pros. And, and and he's just saying what everybody else is, what they talk about at lunch. I mean, it's not like... What are the complaints about the PGA Tour? A, a tour, mind you, that made Phil Mickelson a billionaire. What, mm. what are the issues? Because he's, he's, he is at the high end. Sure. That's why it bothers me. If it's a guy that's scraping it around and barely making ends meet because of some of the things in place of the PGA Tour, I'd listen to it. But you're talking about becoming a billionaire as one of the best golfers of all time. It's hard for me to feel bad for you. That doesn't mean there aren't issues with the PGA Tour. What are the issues for guys like the guys you caddied for? You didn't yeah. caddy for Phil. You caddied for guys that were, you know, a lot of times trying to make cuts like you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to finish in top 125 and, and, and almost essentially make ends meet, you know, for them. Right. And, um, as far as that, the field deal goes, I, I've i met him several, several times, right? And I, I know a little bit about him. My guess is, and this is a total guess because I haven't spoken to him. I don't know um, facts. My guess is that he believes that as much as the tour is done for him, he's done for the tour. Without the Tiger-Field rivalry, there really wasn't anybody to, that could even come close to contending with Tiger in the two, early 2000s, that sort of thing. So knowing Phil – that that may be his argument there, and it could just be a um, let me tell you how great I am, or let me tell you how bad this A is, so that I can get over here and get with B. Yeah, I just think you know? if there's something wrong with a tour that you want to point out because you're in a position of power like Phil is, that's great. That helps the other players, and that could help the future of the tour. But if you're doing it simply like, and again, if he just thinks I need a bigger cut of the pie, it's like, dude, you're a billionaire. It's going to fall a little flat on most people. Sorry. Right, and and I think that that's the the case. Is you know. All those guys, every guy out there that they jam a camera in front of, they're already multimillionaires. Yeah. They're not, like, struggling to make a, a Nissan Maxima car payment. They're right. just not. Yeah. Well, and, and it bothers me, too, that these guys are, you know, now they're paying them for their social media impact. And I'm like, it's a lot of money that could be rolled back in to help the lower tours. It's not their responsibility to take care of the lower tours, but everybody talks about whether you're in basketball, NFL, whatever it is, you're building the future of your sport, growing the game. Yeah, growing it's, the game. It's the greatest, to me, the greatest hypocrisy is we're talking about growing the game, but all we're doing is fattening our fat pockets. Right, right. And the, and Which you're entitled to do. You're the one that created this. I get it. But I'm thinking 20 years down the road, I mean, don't you want to help? Like To me, if I'm a guy that's making $12 million a year, I'd like to think, 
plus you know maybe another twenty five in endorsements like those guys are. Right. They can maybe want to kick a little bit down to the next level tour, and these guys who are almost as good as us or as good as us just about on a weekly basis, but just haven't gotten their break yet. Maybe want to keep them hanging around. It's good for golf long term. Right, and I I'm a full advocate of, of the, like the corn fairy tour and those sort of things and, yeah. and the fact that they they really put their finger on them and hold them down there because the purses haven't really gone up any i mean they, they have a series of events in the end of the year that are um maybe 40 or fifty thousand more like total purse or i'm sorry uh for first place and that's it man and they could have gone up tenfold but they they want to i guess they want to just keep it such a different level of play that it, it's um you, you know, down there, you just kind of got to do what you're told type of thing. You got to go here. And, I mean, listen, when I was caddying out there, they still had some of those Corn Ferry Tour players paying for their lunches in the in the clubhouse. And, and that is absurdity, <laughs> fellas. I'm sorry, but it is. It is. And not to mention where we had to – what we had to eat or didn't eat, you know, whatever it was. But um, that sort of thing, they could have really – they they could man just trickle down a couple millies you know and and then that tour changes for a year you know and and then you see and as far as the caliber of play goes look at Scotty Scheffler he came off the Corn Ferry tour about fourteen months ago the guy's made twelve million dollars in fourteen months yeah. I mean something nuts like that I mean Ryder Cup hero the whole bit I mean nationwide or yeah. Corn Ferry whatever it's called so right. We're talking to Josh Dickinson, if you're just tuning in, former PGA caddy who's got lots of stories, if you can't tell. He's also real mm-hmm. good at making your uh, your yard look good. What's uh, Anything interesting, creative, anything fun you've done lately from a landscaping standpoint? Uh, I, yeah, well, we, uh, my wife called it probably her best project. <clears throat> um, she helps me a lot with the design and yeah. kind of, you know, she'll go and then she'll take pictures at different times of day to make sure we're putting in the right stuff for sunlight, daylight, shade, you know, the whole bit. And um we probably we just did a job over on um, Over Creek. Uh, the road is Over Creek Pass, I think, and uh, she said it was our best transformation as far as what it was mm-hmm. to what it is now. So, so I'm dang proud of that one. You guys um, do any new construction? Uh, we do a little bit. Yeah, um, I have a couple builders down in Benton Bryan area that that um, you know they want us to get get involved a little bit. So that's always fun. That's good. Well, if you get uh, Josh on the case, I imagine if you're nice to him, he'll tell you a story or two, too. He's got lots of good ones. Well, we still get that, yes. I imagine. You can hang out as long as you want to, but tell people how to get a hold of you. Uh, it's easy. Um, it's Facebook. We have a, a small page on Facebook, so the Facebook Messenger, you can just send me a message, or you can call the office at 794-2770. His Facebook page actually is exactly the same size as every other Facebook page I have, so don't let him kid you. It's not just a little Facebook page. <laughs> it's just this normal size. It's, it's a nice-looking page. Uh, it's got a cute little caricature, too. It's not really supposed to be you, I assume. It's just some other Well, some other we, we're just we're still telling our 8-year-old that it's him. So. Okay, there you go. Let's yeah, go with that. Yeah, he loves it. Uh, is he going to be working for you this summer? Are you going to put him to work? Violate some child labor laws? Yeah, you know what? He can drive a zero turn. I'm not even kidding, so maybe. Yeah. Well, there are other countries where he would have been working for six years already, so he's got it pretty good. <laughs> exactly. 